put a trigger warning on trigger warnings. Welcome back in for another edition of The Other Side with Anthony Dorenzo and Dan Borowski. I am Dan Borowski speaking right now on the other screen. You see there is Anthony Dorenzo. Real quick about us, I am the producer of the Dom Giordano program. Anthony, the producer of the Nick Kale Show, uh, Dawn Stenslin Show, and just all-around great guy that we uh, <laughs> occasionally team up to give our thoughts on uh, issues as they unfold. And we thought uh, this week we'd get together uh, as these results roll in for this uh, Democratic and Republican uh, primary for mayor here in Philadelphia. Uh, just some quick results. Uh, unsurprisingly, David O. has already secured his uh, Republican primary win. Anthony? As expected, yeah, yeah going yeah. unopposed. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah. If, in Philadelphia, I think it's 9-1. to one. Democrats outnumber uh, Republicans, so it's, it's kind of a common notion that uh, whoever wins the Democratic primary gets a good shot to win the entire thing. Uh, so just leading off real quick... Uh, Want to give a plug to a Bill Maher interview that you can yes. find? Uh, yeah, Dom. Uh, Dom spoke with Bill Maher today. It was it was awesome, and uh, you hear Bill Maher in our introduction. Anthony and I, are big fans of his, and I, I think what it is about that guy is he, while uh, left leaning, uh, I, I appreciate his relentless uh, "don't give a damn," and he'll attack either side with uh, with uh, the same kind of weight. Yeah. And uh, I said on the Dom show the other day, in the fight against wokeness, he's the number one soldier. Uh, yeah. so you can find that on the uh, Odyssey app. You can find that at 12thandwpdht.com. Uh, before we get into numbers, though, uh, Anthony, I just want to check in. How you doing, man? I am good. Uh, voting went well. Um, yes. I, I, had a, yeah. I have a fun story I'll just lead off with. So I uh, head over to my local poll in Philadelphia, and it's kind of like a park where I vote. Uh, but e- either way, I went over. There's some music playing, a bunch of people around. I just pretended like I was on my phone. I had my AirPods <laughs> in, just ignoring, you know, in my total city mode. And, like, just straight up, I'm trying to walk by these people. They hand me these things. Of course, it's all mostly for Helen Gim. There was one other pamphlet for someone else. Um, and then this other man stops me. Like, I'm getting closer and closer to the door. This guy stops me. I finally take out my AirPods, <laughs> and he's like, "Hi, hi." I'm so wait, 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 hold on. Before you go there, was he doing the thing that happens in like parks here, where like you know someone wants to have a conversation with you, where they're eyeing you up, and you're like, "Okay, I kind of have to remove." Yeah, and he's like yelling at me at this point. Oh, so like I okay. had to like okay, take okay, out my. It, it's like, oh my god, I, I take out my AirPods. I'm like, all right, yeah, what's up? What's up? And they're like, oh, excuse me, uh, I'm, I'm Helen Gibbs' uncle. Uh, this is Helen Gibbs' daughter, actually. And then walked me back over to her and like made me shake her hand. I'm Wait. like, oh my god, thank you so much. Yeah, oh, so nice to meet you. Oh, this is Gim's great. Gibbs' uncle? Yeah, Gibbs' uncle and, did he and know daughter. Who, did he know you? Who you were? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, okay. maybe there's a chance, I guess. I don't think many people <laughs> know who I am right now. <laughs> no, I, um, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's weird. I don't know, to, to see someone's uncle and daughter like and pandering that much just outside. And, and no matter what, you know, I know, again, we seem a little biased against her, obviously, but at the same time, no matter who that is, if your family members are right there, like, pandering me and then, like, forcefully talking yeah, to me, like, yeah. that's so just it, a it did bad not encourage look. you to vote for Helen no, Gim No, I mean, anymore. and you knew I wasn't going to anyway, no, but, right. like, th- th- say I was a Helen Gim, like, someone considering Helen Gim, and that happens to you, I think that totally pushes you off the other side. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't know. I think that, that... I mean, really shows us what we're alluding to here with uh, some of the early results 
going toward what it seems is Sherelle and Rebecca, which uh, yeah, yeah, seems so I, like the early... I'm refreshing as we speak, but last mm-hmm. refresh. So what happens here is uh, we, we have the results come in, and everyone checks them, and it bogs everything down. But uh, yeah, here, here they are. Uh, it looks like with early numbers of mail-in votes, so these are the mail-in results, Rebecca Reinhardt, Sherelle Parker, just about neck and neck uh, with 27% of the vote, 14,000 mail-in ballots. Alan Dom, Helen Gim, about 8,000 mail-in ballots casted in their favor. Uh, Listening to KYW earlier, our sister station, uh, they said around 80,000 votes is a very secure number is where we'll we'll need Mm. to be for anyone to get there. Uh, But early returns showing Gim with half the mail-in ballots and, and... you know, mail-in balloting, we talk on Dom's show, and I'm sure you guys do too on your shows, uh, it's a very progressive kind of uh, tactic. Yeah. You know, it's a yeah. it's a left-leaning thing. So to see Helen Gim not get the numbers that I I I would have expected from mail-in balloting is surprising. You you, you share the same sentiment? Uh, I, I'm not that surprised, by the way. And, and But I just don't think anyone that's putting in a mail-in ballot is really necessarily thinking about it a lot to your point a, a lot of these new younger generation voters i think they're leaning toward the mail-in balloting i don't have to go i don't have to wait in line and i mean to be honest with you it's not like there's some crazy line today but it seemed busier than when i was voting in november and i like that i like waiting i thank the poll workers i you know got to chat it up a little bit with some of the voters and nobody was asking each other who we were voting for but it was just a good you know a good environment it shows people care at least a little bit. I know, obviously, it seems like the total turnout isn't huge. It is still just a primary, which typically has a lower turnout. Let's hope. And it's, and off. No, yeah. it's an off year, I mean. And I, I, I just hope, I mean, local is just so much more important. I really hope people do show up in November. Um, obviously, probably will be less than I want either way. Mm-hmm. But I, I really hope we see better numbers than we have today. But um, I, I, I just think people are fed up in a lot of these neighborhoods. So it's good to see at least... I think I saw the most turnout in recent memory, uh, at least in my neighborhood, okay. which was nice. Yeah, yeah. and uh, there were good turnouts in South Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and some other, I, I want to go through some neighborhoods here in a second. Um, you know, let's do it now. Uh, Center City, great turnout. Maniunk, uh, this is from 66 Wards. So 66wards.com is a website that has chronicled uh, voting here in Philadelphia and projecting at 758, they estimate around 202,000 people have voted in person. Uh, around 60,000 mail-in ballots returned. Um, now those numbers obviously low, but you're seeing good turnout in Center City, Maniunk, and uh, Roxborough. And Roxborough, I was talking to Dom. Dom was going to join us today, but we had uh, technical difficulties with Sting, so I would love to hear what Dom had to say about this. But Roxborough is a very big stronghold for police, uh, mm-hmm. service members, that kind of thing. It is... Do, do you think that signifies something like a Sherelle Parker then uh, is making some kind of waves in the in-person voting side of things as well? It very much seems like that. Um, I, I don't know for a fact, obviously, but I, I do have a feeling that it seems like a lot of people in my neighborhood voted for Sherelle. Um, I saw a lot of people, uh, just a lot of campaign signage for her late. A lot of people, I think she just came off as genuine to a lot of people who were on the fence as well. Yeah. If you have met her, if you've talked to her, um, and you know, you can disagree with some of the things she's done. Uh, she's been in politics for a long time, which I know some people have a problem with, but I think at the same time, she's proven she can work with people that she clearly disagrees with. And on top of that, like her sentiment about police, her sentiment about possibly getting the Sixers arena done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think she's rational. She's not one of these people that's off the edge and she understands the mayor Kenny, 
uh, kind of blueprint will not work. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess most of them kind of understand that. But either way, uh, I think she resonated in a way that I, I guess early on maybe people didn't think she would. Well, initially, I mean, Sherelle mm-hmm. was the number two on city council, a very seemingly progressive city council. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she would be a very progressive candidate, and she came out with, uh, in favor of constitutional stop and frisk, which I think to this day, like even Amin, I, no, Amin came out in favor, but I think he's the only other candidate yeah. to support it. Um, it she, she's very moderate when it comes to justice, and I, I am surprised to hear what we've heard from Sherelle and uh, Alan Dom, similarly, also a former council member, a uh, very moderate kind of take on things. Uh, do you think Philadelphians have kind of just gotten fed up to the point that their personal lives are now being affected by crime? Stores are leaving. Uh, you can't write SEPTA that they are just yeah. they're, they're saying prioritize my life first before my politics and virtue signaling. I think it said, I mean, many people, it seemed like their number one issue was crime. It's And, and a lot of people, when it came down to polling, that was, and, and even on the Inquirer tonight, it's saying it, the leading issues were crime and the Sixers arena, ironically, which I, I know a lot of people, including, uh, I know Helen Gim was trying to downplay the importance of that in the election, um, which I don't know. It I think it just goes to the bigger notion of that area of the city just needs to be revitalized. They need to revitalize. I mean, there's there's parts of that city right there. It's not just that building. There's plenty of buildings that have to be dealt with. And, mm-hmm. you know, getting businesses back in there after COVID is such an important thing. Um, I, I don't think if you ask the average person, I think crime is much more um, top of mind either way when it comes down to it. And schools, too, though. Yeah, school. Schools, I think I think that's I've heard that a lot today. I think that's a lot of why people like Helen. But then I also think Alan Dom and Sherelle's plans with school were pretty Interesting. And even Jeff Brown. I know no one wants to give you know, Jeff Brown any props anymore. But an angle I've seen about Helen is uh, Philadelphians are very non-bullshit kind of people. Like if, yeah. if you try to uh, skirt them one way and you're not being genuine, people see through that. And I think through the mm-hmm. campaign, Helen started off strong. But as time went on, even progressives started to realize Helen's making these kind of promises that there's absolutely no way they can realistically come to fruition. And yeah. like I, I was talking to Dom, there was a thread about the Inquirer endorsement for Rebecca Reinhardt on a, a hyper-progressive Philadelphia subreddit on Reddit, which is a progressive site. And even uh, on the comments of Reinhardt, everything that was being upvoted was pro-Reinhardt, anti-Gim, don't vote Helen Gim, go vote for Helen Reinhardt, or for Rebecca Reinhardt, and it was surprising to see that. Yeah. No, I get that. And we're getting some people in the chat right now. Uh, yeah, read Trisha's comment. Yeah, here. Trisha said, I only vote in person. I did not vote today because I'm a Republican and they will never win. I won't change my party because that triggers jury summons. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is that going to trigger my jury summon? We'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Yeah. No, um, I came out this morning. Uh, Nick Hale, I transitioned for a day. He, <laughs> he, he announced on he it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she says because Republic will never win, though. If you put David O against Helen Gim, you think David O has any sort of shot or you think Helen Gim's just going to blow him away? I, I, no, I think, I think he would have a shot. That, yeah, because I think O has a chance of winning over some moderates. Well, you know, Alan it, Dom voters. It seems like even if, I mean, I don't know how many, they, I, I think it's 74% Democrat this city, and it probably went up because of people like me for this <laughs> primary, so that's just something in general. But to think about what will Republicans do, 
I mean, supposedly I saw something on Philly Crime Update earlier. Uh, some of the Republican ballots didn't even list David O's name. I know he ran unopposed, but the fact that his name's not on there. I think it was the Philadelphia Republican Party had some kind of handout or mailer yeah. that they were giving out today, and it just didn't list him as the mayoral candidate. Just yeah. Complete yeah. And But that's. I think that goes down to the, the constant. It seems like they have such a rift. They don't get along. I don't know what it is. The Republicans and David O. I mean, the Republicans and Philly are a mess. They're barely even a party anymore because they don't really know what they're doing. But uh, I, I think at the end of the day, like you said, he would appeal to people. But I don't know. I, I It would be tight against Helen Gim. Uh, Helen would probably still win, but I think he'd put up a bigger fight than people expect. He gets to, Dom uses the word differentiate a lot uh, mm-hmm. when talking about David O's shots against Helen Gim because uh, in a city that, again, I think is fed up with the bullshit that we're seeing. I, I, excuse my language while I'm talking kind of freely. <laughs> I, I guess we're not on the radio. Yeah, so we're allowed okay. to. Uh, it, when, you, when you have the, the crime that we're seeing, I mean, Maisie, when it's dark outside, doesn't want to go pump uh, gas on Aramango. I mean, when you have yeah. situations that are touching that close to home, I, I think people might put their you know, uh, virtue signaling on social media aside for the progressive candidate and say, hey, I need a better life here and maybe vote for the Republican in David O. I just think people are fed up bottom line. We can't keep going more left. That's why I hope most people, uh, I hope most people just are, if they're on the fence for Helen, please just don't go that way. We, we're, we're already going that way and it's it just hasn't been, hasn't been all what it's please cooped up to be. So like, yeah. we, we don't need more of that, more Krasner, more working families party kind of thing. Trisha's going to vote for O. Uh, everyone's asking, which Daniel are I you? I know. This is so... Daniel's got to go by Dez. <laughs> we, we had a whole thing. Producer going by, Dez, by Dan yeah. on uh, Matt Rooney's show. Uh, both great guys, Matt and Daniel. And uh, I, I texted him saying, come on, man. Just go by Dez on air. Come on. Like, like, make it easy. And, it, and so we decided that we're going to pursue a sponsorship and try to get his name sponsored. So he's like producer Skittles or something. Yeah. Every time he can get some money in his pocket and, you know. Just be, be a different name. Take a name of a product. <laughs> um, more in the chat. Is there anything? Uh, I will vote for O, Trisha said. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so, especially against Skim. That would be terrible. I mean, uh, David O, I think, deserves a fighting chance. Well, the thing and, with uh, O is he's not very far right. Um, on a lot of issues, I think he'd be similar to... Now, this name might make a lot of uh, left-leaning individuals shudder because of how things have gone recently. But as a mayor, Rudy Giuliani completely changed New York mm-hmm. and fixed that city. Uh, it was crime-ridden before he got into office. Uh, tough on crime policies, broken windows, uh, carrying stick approach, all, all the kind of uh, stop and frisk. He turned that city around and made Manhattan a desirable destination again. Yes, and that's, I think, after COVID. Look at all these numbers. I was looking at the stats today. New York, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, all of these cities, people are leaving every single city ever since the pandemic, yeah. ever since these riots happened and BLM and all that. And I'm not trying to go against it. I mean, that like it, all of us at the time, we didn't know what was going on with COVID and then crime got worse and worse and, and we didn't know how to handle it. But at the end of the day, we have to recover in a different way here. We can't keep funding the things and, and trying to act like police are the problem and, and, and going down that path. And I, I think... What's the problem? I think the problem is just constantly almost blaming the victim when it comes down to policing where consistently i mean i think people are even scared to conceal carry anymore because if you do and you're in the wrong i mean look at this jordan neely thing the guy was putting him in a chokehold and and he ended up dying which is unfortunate but it's not like he put a gun to his head and just shot him so it's yeah. i think it and that's on top of you don't and, consider neely a hero though do you 
There's uh, a lot of online I'm not, rhetoric. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying he's a hero. I okay. think. I mean, he was. Uh, people were concerned about him. Sorry, not, I, not Neely. I'm no, not gonna. I, uh, the guy that. Yeah, that, well, I don't have his name. No, I yeah, I can't uh, yeah. think of his name right now. The person but, that killed Neely. Yeah. No, I'm not thinking thinking of him as a hero either. But my whole point is, I think people are going to start doing this. I mean, that's why there's all this vigilantism almost, and just to crime and and lawlessness because it's accepted. Daniel <laughs> Penny. And, and and all at the end of the day. All these people just get away with whatever they want to get get away with because they're in these neighborhoods that are unfortunate, and 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 they're letting them get away with it a lot of the time. And if they know how to get away with it, for the most part, well, that's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like like I'm very active because of Krasner Land on uh, Philly Wiki and a lot of different kind of underground uh, sources into the gang life, criminal life of Philadelphia. And uh, it, it, a lot of times, it's the same individuals committing the same crimes over and over again, and uh, on top of that, uh, these individuals are idolized in the uh, drill rap game. And yeah. that kind of, when people see these individuals getting away with legit murder on occasion, uh, they know that they indeed can go commit crime and get away with it themselves. So it spreads like a virus. Yeah. Um, and when you have absolutely no accountability for a younger generation, it's going to keep exploding. And I look at someone like Helen Gim and I'm petrified. I got to say, if Helen Gim gets into office and lets Larry Krasner run, run loose, um, I, I really blame Larry Krasner and his progressive policies for enabling the idea of kids in wherever it's happening here in Philadelphia mm-hmm. to idolize those who are doing this murder and do it themselves. Now, and, and to that point, um, I know earlier we mentioned Rebecca and Sherelle are, are currently in the, it's slowly, slowly, slowly being updated, but that was a very early lead. Um, when it comes down to how they would deal with Krasner, if you have a Sherelle or a Rebecca, um, do you think someone like Sherelle or Rebecca would fight back against Krasner and make sure that these gun offenses are, you know, people that are put to, to I mean, think about it really with these guns. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get so offended with this mass shooting thing all the time, because look at these cities. Mass shootings happen every day here, whether it's Philadelphia, Baltimore, Chicago, really all these Boston, yeah. uh, New York. It is uh, everything. Never, never national news. Everything's underreported on that. It doesn't matter what it is. In any inner city neighborhood, there are mass shootings each and every day, and we don't talk about it unless it's in a gentrified neighborhood with big, nice houses yeah. and a big suburban, nice school that you would never think it happens yeah. in. But then it happens here. There's been over a hundred Philadelphia students shot this year, and that's not the mass shooting. We should be trying to get the illegal guns off the street. Why are we talking about taking away mm-hmm. legal guns? And then on top of, to my point earlier, you can't even conceal carry and, and protect yourself. And I know uh, we have some some guys in the chat saying, Hold Pen, on, just Penny want, is just a hero. I just want to remind everyone, uh, Inquirer in January of 2022, Krasner told, Krasner's office told the Inquirer, mm-hmm. quote, we do not believe that arresting people and convicting them for illegal gun possession is a viable strategy to reduce shootings. Yeah, when it's a legal firearms. Just write it right up here. It's yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, Jimmy. Jimmy writes in, uh, Penny is a hero. Why are you reluctant to call him a hero? I just don't think... I, I have my take on this. I, I just don't think anyone that murders someone is a hero. And I'm not saying he meant to murder him. I well, think if I, anything, I, it was... It's debatable, though. So like if you go to war and you're killing the enemy, yeah, you're a hero. That's... That's but true. This isn't That's a war, true. and I don't think this guy's the enemy. But I do understand looking at how these cities are and the state of public transit and people just having trying to have safe lives, I understand looking at it as such yeah. and not having, 
you know, someone wrote in and said, you don't really have the time to assess, is this guy really a threat? Is he going to kill people on this train? You only have time to react and try to restrain. And, you know, it, it's, but, but it's, my, such, my, a, it's my such an escalation comes, quickly. Like, the, he was doing everything that his service training told him to do. There's mm -hmm. no, like, like it, he was trying to de-escalate the situation. I just don't know if you needed... I don't know though. I, I mean, I this is why I can't call him a hero though, because I just don't know the facts on the situation. But do you have to hold someone in a rear naked choke for that long, that they lose consciousness and die? Yeah, like can't you restrain him and hold him down on his back I, at that point or something like that? I'm a like very that? big individual, six eight, right? But if you came onto a train drunken, um, yelling at women, um, harassing people, I think I could restrain you um, into a corner and hold you off into the corner. Just, me specifically yeah but, but, <laughs> well just someone your size i know putting I my elbow yeah. up and i just i just feel like most people like if you have someone that has the physical fitness of a marine there yeah pin him to the wall using your elbow until the next stop and then get him off the train you don't have to get behind the guy choke him and lead to his death and that's just mm -hmm. where you know I, I think him stepping up for the innocent and the victims in the situation who i think are the individuals on the train who had to deal with this harassment i think that in itself is heroic but the my line gets drawn where the it turned into a murder because of the way that he did it. Yeah. You know? So that's just where I stand, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, one, you just called him a murderer. Why do you feel comfortable calling him a murderer? Because the guy died. Yeah, I mean... I it, mean, that's, yeah. that's where it comes yeah. from. And he died at the hands of someone. Yeah. So it I, didn't have to happen. I know it escalated so quickly and he didn't necessarily mean it. But I, I get what Dan's saying. Because you can find another way to restrain him in that moment. Yeah. You know? And we can't be so reactionary. This is what I mean with, with issues like this. We can't turn it into so far one way and so far the other way. And we, we can't say it's justified on one end and the other end it's not. Like, we have to, like, look at it a little rationally. I mean, this guy should have been behind bars already. Yeah. That's just bottom line. Yeah. That's that's the fact of it. I, I, and this should have never happened because he should have been in jail. So that's, and I think that's the main thing when it comes down to, like, this election that we're voting in. Those are the kind of things, common sense things. You know what? I want to stop you there because get. I think from a political standpoint, the winning angle here is making it about the homelessness situation similarly, mm -hmm. but in a different way and blaming it on the Democrats that have led. Like, I, I don't think trying to laud this guy as a hero scores any political points for conservatives. In fact, I think to people on social media and online, it makes conservatives look more heartless. Yeah, again, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, blood on your hands. Yeah, And, and I yeah. just, if you want to win politically here, I think it's pointing out that there are so many homeless people on the streets and this is a daily occurrence. You just don't see it reported in the news. Mm -hmm. And that's where the focus should be for conservatives is pointing out how ridiculous it's gotten in cities that have led to situations where individuals have to step up to defend themselves. Well, and that's a winning battle. There's a lot of things I think that conservatives go into now, and it's not a winning battle. And that's, I think, to your point about bringing it into the mayor's race again, that's why David O, if he goes against someone like Gim, he might have a chance because people realize, hey, we have to maybe reset here a little bit. Yeah. And, and I, and, you know, any Republican in Philadelphia, man, like, come on. No, no, Jimmy makes a good point, though. I, I, I got his, I'll, I'll definitely surrender here. He says, it's not a matter of scoring any uh, political points. It's a matter of defending an innocent man who has been targeted by leftist narratives. Which is Murder true. Murder isn't illegal. Killing it wasn't illegal until he's judged guilty by a jury of his peers. Jimmy, you are 100% correct. Yeah. So I, I definitely, yeah. but the guy, the guy died. So, I mean, that's where I was going with that. So I apologize for calling him a murderer. That's a legal term. That's a definitely not been proven yet so yeah uh so anthony i'm gonna go refresh here but a uh, couple streaming suggestions 
Uh, while I get this, uh, you have a series called Dave that you're checking out? Yeah, Dave. I don't know if anyone's uh, heard of Dave uh, in our demographic by chance, but it's uh, it's a show with uh, a rapper, Lil Dicky, if you've heard of him before. I think most Philadelphia people, you've at least probably heard his biggest hit, Save That Money. It got, that was I pretty big. I don't think big. many people have. I don't know. Yeah, it might. You might not have. <laughs> but either way, I think his show's better than his music really ever was. It's pretty well done. Um, the narrative, Tula, right? Yeah, it's on Hulu uh, every Wednesday on FX as well. And it's just so quirky and insane. We're on the third season now, and he kind of goes through these phases of his first relationship and kind of the trials and tribulations of that while also trying to figure out your career. And it's so goofy and, and stupid and silly in a way, but it's also so well done in a sense of, like, you can tell that he's putting his all in it. Like, it's it's not necessarily the truth, but you can feel that it's kind of like his real story and you're almost following it to an extent it's dry it's dry humor right? it's dry humor and to an extent it's like a more raunchy entourage okay kind of but like in hip-hop so more, so more like an entourage than a curb your enthusiasm yes okay. yes which is i mean it's a fun it's a fun watch it's different than you know a succession or a game of thrones or something you know more serious that you've been getting have into. you checked out bupkis yet I have not watched it okay. yet, but I've heard that's on Peacock, correct? It's on Peacock. Yeah, yeah. And I, I only asked that because Dave, uh, Little Dickie's show, it, I've heard it compared to Bub Kiss and Pete Davidson's new show. Uh, Scott Cronick came on the Dom show this past mm. week and suggested. He said it's it's a good watch. He thinks uh, Joe Pesci's fantastic in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny that Pesci's in it with all these young guys now. And uh, Shane Gillis is actually also in it. And I, I shout out Shane. Oh, I'm going to go see him this weekend, actually. So right. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Where are you going to see him? Yeah, out in Hershey. He's performing with Tim Dillon, Nick Mullen, uh, Big J Okerson. So that'll be That's that'll awesome. be a fun, good time. Um, Bill says, conservatives have been pointing out how crazy it is letting this trash roam our streets being a threat to law-abiding citizens. We are outnumbered by Democratic morons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, involuntary manslaughter would be the charge, not murder. Many, thank you for that. Uh, that's why I'm not a law expert. Uh, but back to Bill's point. Uh, it's been going on. We've been pointing it out. Uh, I mean... It, uh, Everyone's been pointing out what's been going on, but nobody wants to see wants to blame it on Democrats. It seems. How do so? So I'm I'm going somewhere with this. We have now this whole uh, Durham report too. Yeah, and it's going to fall flat on its face. I hate to say that's my prediction. Um, I I in a utopia, I would like for this to go somewhere in the media, be honest about it, and actually say you know Trump got screwed here, and uh, there there was I I, I want to say he's vindicated with the Russia hoax. Yeah, um, but they're not going to because the media is completely dishonest. How do you think conservatives can break through a dishonest media to get the truth out there? Or is it just hopeless at this point? Uh, I think it's kind of hopeless on both ends. I don't think Trump's going to necessarily get reelected either. Well, uh, it, excuse me. I'm so used to talking about the election. I'm I'm not sure Trump will ever get arrested either as badly as they want to arrest him i don't think anything will ever happen to the bidens or say obama and hillary apparently were in russia uh, trying to get involved with things like this and and it needs like, to be turned into a movie is what it needs, needs to happen i mean it straight up is a movie script and that's i mean uh, that's politics in a nutshell now but i think that is the issue if you or i do something if we break the law we are held to a standard these people that are the kings of the castle, no matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, they continue to get away with this stuff. And this structure that we have set up that's supposed to hold them accountable 
doesn't hold them accountable at all anymore. Yeah. So I think that's really the clear issue. And whether you think Biden's a criminal, whether you think Trump's a criminal, I think all of this stuff is just so monotonous. So, and so and are you I, in favor of the... Uh, so there's two ways to go on this. You can either yeah. be in favor of the investigations into Trump time after time by the FBI as well as long as it's done to, to Democrats, or you can go back to how it was before where they're just getting away with shit left and right. I kind of am actually... I, I, it's, it's like you lose both ways. Yeah. You literally, there's no winning in that sense. But I guess I'd rather them just ignore it a little bit because at least at the end of the day, then I, I don't know. It's hard to yeah. even justify that because yeah. it's just either way we're losing. So yeah, and we just us normal people, like normal individuals. I think it's just a witch hunt turned into these things that are such an issue politically. We can't just point the finger and go after the other side every single time when you lose. We can't keep doing that. And things can't be okay when it works for your side, but it's not okay when it works for the other side. And that, that in a nutshell, is the complete problem with it because we can't do it. Did, that's why I was so frustrated when the GOP got control and, and now we have this coma report. And I get it. I understand it. And I, I, I understand fully why they're doing it. But I think at the end of the day, I wish they wouldn't do this because I want them to focus on policy for the American people. And I think at the... You don't think it's important for like, yeah. the Hunter stuff to... I mean, I, I, I'm i not saying the, it's the not coma, important. The report, for, if you're not familiar, about a week mm -hmm. ago, Comer came out and talked about these revelations that were discovered in an investigation into Hunter Biden. That's what you're referring to there? Yes. And I'm not trying to say that it doesn't matter, but I think it would resonate with Americans more if you made your first priority the American people. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean don't go after Hunter Biden, but as to this entire topic as a whole, like we're saying, nobody's ever held accountable. Yeah. And I'm not trying to justify that, but how do we address that? I think that's something. How do we get to a point where we finally hold these politicians accountable again, no matter who they are? And I mean, Democrats could say the same thing about Trump. So it's... And, and so, I don't know. so just from a general landscape of politics, then are you leaning in any certain direction towards a national candidate? I like RFK. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm a big RFK guy. I, yeah. I mean, if the guy had any like chance, I, the conspiratorial things about him, I I love. I mean, we I mean, we haven't really gotten like, into conspiracies here, but we will eventually. Both, we both love. I love the Kennedys just generally, and he's like, I think everything we need and more. And it, maybe you know, everyone said Trump had no chance. He could. I think people are sick of it, man. If it's really Trump Biden again, you know how many people? Well, we know how many people hate Trump. I think a lot of people hate Biden now too. Yeah, clearly. So. Where does that go from here? So, Are we going to see? Uh, honestly, I think Trump-Biden turnout could be very, very, very low. And who knows if someone, whether it's very Marianne, low or very high, because if you hate someone enough, it gets you, it drives you to the polls. Is so. that going to work again? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's going to work again. <laughs> yes, he says, bro, after I think he's referring to your RFK. Uh, <laughs> I love RFK, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Minnie says RFK is right about COVID-19, but he's a bit radical about other vaccines. And, yeah. 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 I don't care about his vaccine yeah, takes that out. much. Yeah. He wants to take down the three-letter <laughs> organizations. He wants to take it all back and talk about how corrupt everything is and stop funding the war. And I mean, I'm with I'm with most of what he believes in. The vaccine stuff is is conspiracy. You know, a bit conspiracy. You know who I really like. If if we're gonna, if we're allowed to pick fringe candidates that have no shot at winning, <laughs> that's, that's what Kennedy is. That's what I, I, I like. Vivek. 
You like Vivek Ramaswamy? I, like, I love yeah. Vivek. He's great I, at speaking. Well, he really is. He's a great speaker. Wait, hold on. He's a great, he's a great speaker. You don't yeah. like his points? What no, he does a... About? I guess, I don't know. I guess I look at him as more of a pundit than I do a, a, a okay, candidate. I see that. But... Like Andy... Uh, what was his name? Andy Yang? Yeah. Andy yeah. Yang kind of like... Yeah, he is yeah. kind of like Yang, I guess. I, like, what I love about Vivek is he knows what he's talking about when it comes to ESG ratings and everything mm-hmm. that was going on with corporations and the woke ideology. It's... I, I really think the guy knows what he's talking about. I think he would be great uh, in the role of president. But again, with DeSantis and Trump hogging up that uh, conservative side, there's no way that yeah. he's going to get any any support. I don't know how much support DeSantis has anymore, but obviously you're right. He'll probably have much more support than RFK will. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I think that's something it really will be interesting the more we get into this national race because I really do think people are fed up with with the candidates on both sides and especially if they try to do this whole no debate thing and and try I hate to this the, no debate thing like it should be like wrestling dude, where a candidate if they want to debate someone they can make an open challenge yes. and be like yeah you know i want you and there's like yep. promos leading up to it going back and forth exactly that's Paper, what we pay-per-view buys we the people demand that that Sell is literally why we have come on yeah. this is why we left england like what are we doing here <laughs> this is ridiculous We're it's absolutely tools. yeah we need <laughs> debates we absolutely need debates i don't think i don't care if people think they've seen everything from biden and trump I don't want that to necessarily be the case either, but they should be. They should be debating. There should be people. open primary debates. There needs to be debates see, everywhere. I want to see RFK yes. versus Trump versus Biden versus uh, Vivek. You know, I want yeah. them all in there yeah. going back yeah. and forth. Uh, many rights. I wish DeSantis and Trump would quit fighting. Earlier, I saw a Trump commercial against DeSantis on CNN at the pizza I, place. I also saw that yeah. same commercial, the MAGA pack one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's ramping up, ramping up. Also, pack money. Just can we stop? I, I really fear that banned. those two guys um, are going to beat each other down to the point that nobody's want to going to vote for either of them. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and they're going to they're going to continue I the party's already split. They're going to continue to split the party even though it, God knows how much more. I mean even myself like I'm trying to support whether it's Trump or DeSantis at times, but it's hard for me to fully just cuz I feel like both of them when you think they're going in the right path, they make a huge misstep. And I think both of them have kind of done that lately. Um, I, you know, I think obviously both of them would be an upgrade from, from Biden. Yeah. That's, that's just not even a debate here, but that, I think to your point, that's why we should have an open debate on both sides with this primary. And, and Biden should have to go up against all these people in the left and, and the right as well with Trump. We shouldn't just assume that he's the candidate just cause he was on CNN so it's I, I honestly I, I like the politics of Trump uh, a lot mm-hmm. the most honestly more than DeSantis I just fear that when Trump is the candidate rhetoric and conversation debate political conversation becomes personality issues and yeah. very face value tweets that kind of thing rather than issues and I think when you have a very left media that can create a narrative you're going to always lose that personality debate but when it comes to the actual, you know, deep issues, the the conversation around the issues, uh, economy, uh, that's that's where the Republicans win, and that's mm-hmm. where the conversation needs to be, not about tweets that Trump's making about a CNN anchor or something like that. And yeah, and I just don't want to go through another. Well, and know, it gets Trump in his ego mode. It gets him in, like exactly with how they opened that whole CNN debate and how they pressed him on 2020. And I get it; the election was partially rigged, but they also said it was rigged when you won it. And you didn't reform the elections totally because it helped you out in that sense. Like, I'm, I'm just so sick of this, like, 
can we stop looking at it that way? Because there's probably been cheating in elections forever. I shouldn't say probably. There's definitely been cheating in elections forever. Yeah. So can we look at the system, look how to fix it, and not care about, oh, well, maybe if it helps me this time, then it's okay. But then next and time when I like lose... assholes and say, oh, yeah. there's nothing going on here when yeah. there clearly is stuff going on. Well, and it seems like there's in 2016, 2020, even with the Democrats, there's also something going on too. So like this is exactly on top of the migrant issues with them trying to just pretty much buy votes giving them cell phones at the border and God with all this title 42 stuff. So it's just, I I think it's, it's not a a, a rational playing field. Do you feel supportive RFK from our listeners in 1210? Like on Twitter, I've seen like a lot of like pro RFK kind of. I think it's almost similar to what you were saying about Bill Maher, where he's, he's a warrior to the left and almost a warrior, very much a warrior against woke. And not, and not only that, a lot of the people who voted for Trump, I think would be RFK people as well. Those people that like weren't into politics. Yes. Like the Kennedys, as much as I guess. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's the establishment. Th- is. I guess, but then now it's, the establishment's got so crazy that the Kennedys actually are not the establishment because they got taken out because they, <laughs> they wanted to improve the government. I say literally that. twice, but yeah. yes. <laughs> they got ta- I shouldn't say they definitely got taken <laughs> yeah, out. That's allegedly out, got taken out. We'll get into but, conspiracies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, RFK Trump ticket blowing up. <laughs> Justin says he says hi, Dan. That's Justin from the wedding that you got into a Yo. fight with over uh, uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, boo, yeah. Tom Brady. Uh, well, that was my brother. I forgot what you and Justin were going back and forth about. Maybe you're on the same <laughs> side. Uh, uh, yeah, I. So with RFK, I think a lot of what his support comes from is the anti-establishment. Um, it's a lot of the coronavirus. I, I think a, a lot of people think coronavirus was a power play, um, a try for some kind of. Uh, you know, overarching establishment to show their power over a base of citizens. Do you, Mm -hmm. and I think RFK kind of calls that out uh, and wants to try to get answers about it. But I say that all because if you haven't watched Apple TV's silo, yeah, you got to go check it out. Um, If you're one of those people uh, that have a lot of questions about coronavirus as to whether or not this was some kind of power ploy, whether we're being lied to. And if you love sci-fi, the show uh, silo on Apple it's about a society that lives inside a silo and uh, their only view of the outside world are windows and uh, a hard drive comes up that suggests that what they're being shown on their windows is actually not the reality of what the outside world looks like. So the entire show is a uh, unraveling a conspiracy as to whether or not uh, the elites inside the silo are trying to keep people inside the silo to remain in power. So I have to say, it sounds very similar to a real-life uh, situation we lived through uh, That's for, crazy. for a couple of years. Yeah, on Apple of all services. On Apple of all services. So <laughs> it's now epi- three episodes in, man, and uh, it's like 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's getting some critical disappointment because of uh, it has definitely a conservative bend to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, being questioning, questioning those who are in power. Uh, but I highly suggest it. Three episodes in, it's a fantastic series. So That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, does Apple TV pay you, Dan? You love their shows. I I, I gotta say, man. No, I. It's yeah, funny she says yeah. that because I, I. It sounds like they do because Ted Lasso, I think, is the best show uh, until this most recent season, but the yeah. best new show, comedy show that's come out. I, I really liked uh, the Morning Show. Uh, was morning Show is great. Yeah, I liked it. As um, well. They have uh, M Night Shyamalan's The Servant. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't watched it. That wasn't that filmed in Philly. It was filmed in yeah. Philly. Yeah. yeah, I need to watch uh, that. I think it was chestnut hill maybe yeah or maybe it was uh rittenhouse yeah i think i think the was new season they were in rittenhouse, were they in rittenhouse? Yeah, yeah. yeah 
Uh, it's great. It's all really good stuff. And then that uh, one uh, with the space that I really liked for a while. Uh, do you know the one with the space? Was that called Lost in Space? No, 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 no. no that, that was, was the Netflix, Netflix series. Space, yeah. uh, Apple show. Then it got real political and kind of, for all mankind. Oh, gotcha. For all mankind yeah. is really good, too. So, um, no, I'm not paid by Apple. I just really like, I think Mythic Quest, another good one. Oh, you're right. Mythic, Mythic Quest, Quest is another, and then uh, With sh- Mac from Always Sunny. And there's another show, Shrinking, I haven't checked out yet, made by the makers of Ted Lasso that's also allegedly really good. And I'm still. Called, I, I need to finish Ted Lasso season three. I've been hesitant. I need to it's, do that. It's it's not that good. It doesn't live up to the other two seasons. Yeah. No. Um, Invasion is another series I want to mm-hmm. check out. So no mini. I'm not paid by Apple, but um, I. She <laughs> can see I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think Apple is the new HBO uh, when it comes to quality of series. I don't know. I like HBO a lot yeah. too. I yeah. love HBO. Yeah, HBO really hasn't put out anything horrible. Well. I, I feel like these, everything's consistent with them. I love White Lotus. That's like my favorite show. Well, yeah, White Lotus is really It's good. my favorite. I was real I down it. on it at first, but it came around. Oh, by my the end of the God. First the first 10 second seasons are just... HBO, though. Watch it. With We Own the Streets, I was so excited because I thought you got the writer of The Wire coming back to do another series mm-hmm. uh, based in Baltimore, based on a true story, though, and they really made it political. Uh, I'm just yeah. like, oh, HBO, you know. Well falter there that happens sometimes i know know, and i can't let him judge too much yeah uh you watch the wire i am still not caught up on the wire i need to do it's so hard because it's such a detailed show and we're so busy and i just like you you can't be thinking about something else you got to be invested in the tv show you can't it's not you can't like check your phone you can't look at oh what's the score of the game you can't do any of that speaking about the wire uh, tommy carsetti uh, a mayor candidate who promised a lot and then failed to deliver um, there are Helen Gim numbers in promising a lot, failing to deliver, but she's not doing what we thought she'd do. Uh, a more recent 231 out of 1703 divisions reported now. Sherelle Parker, 21,000 votes. She leads with 32% of the vote. Rebecca Reinhardt, 15,746 votes, 23.56% of the vote. Helen Gim, 15% of the vote at 10,000 votes. And Alan Dom, 15% at 10,000 votes. So it kind of looks like, uh... Helen might not might not pull us out. Wow. Yeah. On par with Alan Dom. Yeah. That's crazy. Which is surprising because I thought Alan Dom would be up there higher than Rebecca. I, I mean, be, I wanted I him to be Sherelle Parker. I Helen wanted him Alan to Dom. be. I think, you know, this is, I think it comes down to the identity politics, which I think most Philadelphians don't really care about the identity politics, but I think the perceptions in the city after Kenny and Krasner and the status quo of, you know, rich white guys just sitting upstairs and doing whatever they want. Like, I think that's just, and, and, you know, Alan Dom is not that guy. He really isn't. He was walking to everything with his dog, you know, just walking around alone, no security. I mean, he's, he's someone who, he put $10 million he, in his ad campaign the is, for this. Dom says this all the time. He doesn't do a good job. of He didn't do a good job of portraying himself else. Yeah. Else like yeah. if you look at Alan Dom, I hate to say it. If you were to, we use Getty Images as a service, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to use as if you Google image searched Alan Dom, I would say nine out of ten pictures the guy has a grimace on his face. Yeah, um, and he just he seems like he is not the happiest individual. But every contact I've had with him, I mean, it's been in the campaign season. Well, I, I talked to him as a councilman before then do. Mm-hmm. He's always had a very positive, optimistic demeanor about him, and I just don't know why that wasn't portrayed well. On the debate stage, uh, there's a story that he should have told about him being Batman that we told on the last episode here. I heard about that, yeah. Um, the guy, he's often talked about as being some rich you know, guy, but he, he really was a rags to riches kind of story. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he just doesn't, he didn't, I don't think he conveyed that well enough. I, I think that's a common theme but in politics now. My, my, so if you're a political advisor, though, and you you are realistically in a city that's so based on identity politics, if you try painting yourself as something that you truly are, are people still going to see it as inge- ingenuine? Just you're trying to blow smoke up your own ass. I don't know, because I think it comes down to the trends of, I think with social media and media in general, I think people have gotten so fed up with the fake spoon-fed, like, oh, put on a show and dance kind of thing, that when someone is genuine, whether that's a politician or, you know, no matter what it is, I think people do gravitate toward that. Um, So you're right. I think if he was more honest, maybe maybe a little more, even to an extent, vulnerable, and and just willing, that's what it is. Willing. I think it's vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of what relatability in today's world comes from is vulnerability and showing that you're able to. I don't know if it's even to be joked with, but yeah. take jokes, have a sense of humor. Um, you know, show show a human side. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be just a brash. Yeah, don't just so, show your ego and and, and, I think, and empty promises. I think the best person that did that throughout the campaign was Sherelle. You know, she was dancing on stage the other night. Um, mm-hmm. Don was incredibly impressed with her dancing ability. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah she, she like Sherelle, every time I see her, it's, hey, D, how you doing? She, she's always chipper, uh, always super happy. And I, I think when we're talking about a genuine nature of candidates, I think she portrayed herself as the most genuine Philadelphian out of any of the candidates. Yeah. And uh, just we're getting some more chat in here saying, yeah, he needs some PR work. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Uh, also, Justin said RFK Trump ticket, blow it up, which uh, <laughs> actually I was watching uh, Breaking Points earlier, uh, a po- political podcast, and they had JFK on, or excuse me, JFK, RFK on today. And he said uh, he doesn't think that he would endorse Trump or support Trump because they have so many differences uh, and he has no other plan. He really wants the Democratic uh, nod. So we'll see how that goes for him. I think he just wants it so he can grill the Democrats during the debates. Yeah. And yeah. that's awesome. I mean, yeah, that is. Get, them, is, get yeah. them on record. Well, it, that, hopefully that makes more people realize what's going on. And this is something I didn't make this point earlier, but maybe we could just wrap the national convo with this. Yep. I think at the end of the day, especially Democrats. Democrats need to hold their politicians accountable. It's so funny to me, whether it's someone like Helen Gim or or any of these progressives, look at someone like AOC or Bernie or all these people who claim to say, I'm a part of uh, a different form of politics and we will get things done for you. And they don't really necessarily get anything done. Things go stagnant, if not get worse. And then they continue to sit there and, and promise you this reality that doesn't exist and they don't come up with real solutions. Yeah. So, and why aren't they called out more? Yeah. Why aren't they? Why? I just say get a new quarterback. We say, you know, replace the corners. You think it's a like, uh, personal. Uh... I mean, to Republicans credit, they've been doing that lately. Maybe they're a little harsh at times with the whole rhino thing and, and the whole Trump effect of the party and them turning on each other. But at least they're trying to get what they want. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the time, Democrats, they just like, oh, well, it's better than the other side. Yeah. Do you think it's because people have a lot of trouble in today's world admitting that they're wrong? Yes. Yeah. We're always wrong. Just admit like, that you're I, wrong I, I all at, the time. I look yes. at Krasner, and the guy got elected. He, like, Philadelphians seemed to want him at one point, but you go to any Philadelphian now, there, there's nobody that seems to support this guy. But why isn't there a push to, uh, like like when he was, uh, the push to be, be impeached, uh, there was a pushback against he's duly elected, blah, blah, blah. Why aren't the news channels uh, recognizing what the guy has done here? And 
you know, I think it's just because people don't want to admit that they were wrong. Yeah. And they just, they refuse to face, you know, the chickens have come home to roost. I think us as a society, we need to realize we're more wrong than we're right. And we also don't know much. We really don't. We were on a floating planet in a universe that there's apparently billions of uh, that it, it just so happened to happen. So, yeah, we don't know much. We really don't. And I just, I think that you're right. It comes down to we all get in our egos and get angry and, oh, I was right and this happened to me. You know, the whole thing. I mean, it's the same thing Democrats do now, the victimization. Mm -hmm. It's just victimization and, oh, look, woe is me. And if we, we can't keep operating like that, because I think that's creating the environment we have. So, uh, South Philadelphia woman, uh, she was on her way. So, Tuesday, today, she wakes up, uh, very pregnant, goes into labor, water breaks, on her way to the hospital, has to pull over to vote. Oh, God. So, while in labor, a South Philadelphia woman voted today. That's uh, pretty That's honorable. That's pretty badass. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I would say that she might be in more pain than you are, but you also had a painful voting experience yes. as well. Yeah. So, I, I, after you voted, what happened? I, I mean, I just keep aggravating it. But, yeah, I've been walking around a lot in the city lately, and I should pay more attention because half the sidewalks are just destroyed at times. And there was a pothole. There's a giant, I shouldn't even say a pile, a crater, and I rolled Welcome my ankle. And yeah, now I might, there's a scooter still in the studio from when I hurt my leg earlier, so maybe I'll <laughs> use that again tomorrow. So That is your scooter in there. Yeah. It's been yeah. sitting there for like a year now. Now I might need to use it again, yeah. So I, you voted for Parker, right? I did. I voted for Sherelle Parker. And I know this morning I said I was going to stick to my guns with But I, with I, Dom, I only but... say that. I don't know if I just revealed something I should No, no, it's okay. Because it was Dom, and then you went Parker. But when you stepped in the pothole and tore your knee again, <laughs> did you scream to the heavens saying I should have voted for Alan Dom? A little his, bit. Uh, you know, pro streets campaign? A little bit. And I still do really think Dom probably had the best policy. But, I, and I hate thinking this way, but when I was in there, I really was like, I have a feeling Sherelle just has such a good chance and I want to help support her if Dom's not really going to move the needle for me. Like if so, it's going to come down to 200 votes between Parker and Gim, you don't want exactly, to give your vote to Dom. Exactly. You know? So even though I guess she isn't my perfect candidate, even though I, I do like Sherelle a lot and I'm excited. I, I, I hope that it's encouraging early on. We don't know what's happening yet still, but uh, I, I think that's a very, very good early. So updated indicator. numbers, uh, 66,000 votes counted, mm -hmm. uh, 21,000 votes in favor of Sherelle Parker, 15% uh, in favor, or, I'm sorry, 15,000 votes in favor of Rebecca Reinhardt. 10,000 votes in favor of Gim and Dom. Uh, percentage breakdowns, Sherelle has 32% of the vote. Ryan Hart has 24. Uh, Gim and Dom around 15%. So uh, it looks like it's going Sherelle's way. Uh, KYW, as I said earlier in today's broadcast, before we came on, mentioned that they would expect a safe number is about 80,000 votes for the winner to mm -hmm. achieve uh, their nomination. Um, so Parker, about a quarter of the way there. Uh, let me pull up the map here, but man, it's, it's refreshing. I gotta say, like if we can sign off here and it looks like there's a, I mean, obviously things can change. A lot can change. Yeah, yeah. Things can change quickly, but Parker versus Gim gives me a lot more hope for Philadelphia. You agree? I agree. I think a lot of those voters that I guess would be on the fence probably went Parker. And I think when you listen to Parker, she is genuine. And, and I hope 
this national this national endorsement trend from Helen. I hope that made Philadelphians realize like what is she trying to even do? Like that isn't yeah, again. Right, right, this is a neighborhood your, town. This is a neighborhood town. You have to and and Sherelle understood that. I think a lot of these a lot of these candidates understood that. So. You know, even if it's Rebecca, who I guess I've soured on a little bit, I think she'd even be a much better candidate than Helen. So all signs looking up right now for us. So we'll we'll see how it continues to follow up. Trying to pull up some results here based on Ward. Uh, give me one second. Sorry. Bup, bup, bup. Uh, let's talk sports, though, while I do this. Um, then we'll get Doc out of Doc Rivers. Doc's gone. See ya. Good move, right? I mean, that was imminent, yeah. What it signifies to me, though, is less hope for the future. Uh, and I say that because uh. with Doc gone, that means that Maury's listening to Harden. Because Harden clearly wanted Doc gone, which would signify to me that there's a future that Harden has here in Philadelphia, which I don't want. Supposedly, MP may be disappointed that Doc left. Um, really? There's murmurs about that. I, I'd, listen, Embiid's not going anywhere. Harden, they could trade. Maxi clearly is a guy that they need to maybe even plan most of their future around with how he played in the end of that series. Um, Embiid's not going anywhere, though. They're not going to trade him. Uh, and hopefully whoever they get can can try to maximize whatever they got. They, they need to get, I guess, more shooters. It, it's I think it comes down to the, the championship really is barely in arm's reach anymore. But even if you blow it up and trade Harden and Embiid and try to win with Maxi right now, I still don't think your championship window and, and but at the same time the NBA is so wide open right now there's not this super team issue that there was a few years oh, back. Oh, there's going to be in a couple of years now. Well, Charlotte does yeah. uh, Hornets maybe. Yeah, that's true with the, uh, with these picks. Vic Webinaya or whatever his name is to a ball now. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's true there could be. So, I don't know. I don't want to say that there's no hope for the Sixers. It feels like there's no hope right now. That's definitely true. I came on with BetQL immediately after that game with uh, some of our guys down at Dallas uh, with their Odyssey station, and that was uh, that was great to talk about how how demoralizing that was to watch live yeah. on the air. But it, it, either way, I think firing Doc obviously is a great move, but, I mean, maybe firing Maury might even be a good move at this point. Um I, I mean... I don't know. I don't know we, what's next. I, I feel like you got to fire the guy before he inevitably brings in Mike D'Antoni as the next coach. If they have D'Antoni, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's who they were considering before Doc. Like, I don't know if I like that idea. I don't know if I hate it, though, either, because, again, like, I, the Sixers are near their ceiling. Could they cap out a little higher? They could. They could maybe get to the next level, but it's just, it really comes down to, I think, health and effort, and I and, Harden's not getting any younger. Embiid, I'm less worried about, but Harden, as much as I think we give him a, lo- a, a lot of slack and he has performed better than people would have expected, uh, he's still not getting any better. So that's, I think, a concern most of us should have moving forward if we want to be quote-unquote contenders with that. I'm not looking forward to the future. Like I, I, I got to say... Um, yeah, I'm someone who has believed in this since the start. Sam Hickey, 10 years ago, Sunday was was hired then and and i remember buying one dollar tickets and seeing them draft jaleel okafor and watching tony roten and yeah you know thaddeus young get traded and everything everything jeremy and, Grant yeah and, so yeah I, I everyone wants this everyone I, 
this is a basketball city. I know we love football, we love baseball, but it, basketball is so storied. I gotta here. tell you, in my power rankings for my four, he's a four for four Philadelphia fan. I think the Flyers have now surpassed the Sixers. I, I'm, gonna I'm excited about, about their move too yeah. with Jonesy and Prier. I, I, I think love Keith great. Jones. Um, have you ever had experiences? With I Keith saw him in here today. I was yeah. like, "Congrats, bud!" And he's like, "You better be wearing a Flyers hat next time I see you." I was like, <laughs> you "Oh, know what? I'll next get time on." Brother's time, we wear yeah. a Flyers hat yeah. just for that guy. He's such a genuinely just good individual. He gets the fans too, yeah. which I think that's one of the main issues that they've had. They have no idea what the fans want. They're focused on selling gritty merch right now. So, yeah. It's- yeah. I don't know. Again, Dom was right. I hate to say it. Dom from day one says Gritty's a terrible idea. And it was I, a terrible I, I, idea. I was happy with it. I was excited. I thought he was awesome at first. And now it's just <laughs> taking over. And, no, it was a terrible idea. And, and yeah, we're talking Keith Jones, now the uh, president of hockey operations for the Flyers with Danny Briere, uh, two formerly beloved uh, Flyers now taking over uh, mm-hmm. leadership roles. Uh, pulling it back up the wards, just uh, some quick uh, rundowns. Alan Dom takes the Northeast. Well, all right, so I'm sorry. Let me be clear here. I'm kind of moving away from it. Yeski says Parker going to win, question mark. Wow. We don't have any definite results yet. These are just kind of early numbers, so things going to obviously change. But these are specifically uh, mail-in numbers that I'm going to give you right now. Uh, mail-in numbers. Northeast Philadelphia looks to have leaned towards Allen Dom. Um, also, South Central Philadelphia. I, I don't have the exact neighborhoods in front of me. Um, Maniunk Roxborough seems to have gone. Uh, Rebecca Reinhardt. Uh, believe it or not, we were talking about that earlier. And then uh, Center City East, like Market East, um, believe it or not, it looks like Reinhardt in the mail-ins. Uh, Gim, more Center City West. Uh, but that's surprising because within is, yeah. Market East is Chinatown. Which you would think would have been Gim. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So is that some kind of signal that even Chinatown support is seen through the Gim campaign? And Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But again, these are all just, uh, you know, conversations that we're having now as these numbers roll in. I mean, 66,000, I can't even get it. What is it? 7% of the vote so yeah, far? Yeah, it's early. You know, it's real early still. And it usually takes until about midnight until uh, we at least have like 96%, a good idea. Uh, but Anthony, I, I mean, there's so much we could still talk about, but we've been going long here. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, but I think we should probably get out of here, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. I'm you got to go to bed. bed. What time? Yeah, yeah, what time do you get Is your back your time tomorrow? Yeah, I'm gonna be here around like 5 a.m. Yeah. yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, so. I took a nap. I was I anticipated this for uh, go for, home, sleep three hours. Yeah, we're happy. We wanted to get you guys some uh, content on the mayor's race as things rolled out. We knew we wouldn't know everything, so it was good. no set schedule though yet. Yeah. I, I don't want to interrupt you. We still don't have a set schedule for other side. It's kind of pirate radio. Pop on whenever we want to take over tonight. We thought it was an important night with this mm-hmm. uh, uh, primary. Uh, but going forward, I think we've kind of talked about doing things on Tuesdays, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to try to come here early in the week for you, Tuesday nights, trying to engage. And we're not talking this late. This is a yeah. special thing because we were waiting for polls to close before we got on. So Tuesday, 630-ish, right? Yeah. I have a bedtime, so come on. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get, <laughs> get you out of here. <laughs> My God. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we'll be here then, I guess, at the very least for you next Tuesday. If anything changes, maybe we'll pop in and out. Uh, also, you can find our podcast now on the Odyssey app. Woo. Just look up the other side with Dan and Dorenzo, and it should pop up. And also, it should shortly be up on Spotify and Apple or wherever you find your show shortly. It's just uh, still kind of processing just because it's new. So, again, we thank you guys for watching. It's been awesome. And uh, 
We'll continue to update you. Tune in tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. for all our live and local content here at Talk Radio 1210. Have a great night for uh, Dan and Anthony. Thank you for watching. See you. Have a good one.